G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, as we do on a Friday, we like to check in with Bill Muhlenberg, Christian cultural commentator, and uh, some of those headlines being reported. The promised Religious Discrimination Act is all but dead. In the end, it proved a little too hard. The decision to pause debate in the Senate yesterday means new protections for faith-based groups are unlikely to pass. There are only two more sitting days in the upper house before the election. And those sitting days are scheduled for budget week. So, is this a failure of the parliament? Perhaps. Well, Christian commentator Bill Muhlenberg back with us today for our Culture Watch segment. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be back. Bill, just to start with, the fact that so many absolutely huge and influential Christian organisations like the Australian Christian Lobby, Family Voice Australia, the National Civic Council, the Canberra Declaration and the National Family Council have all withdrawn their support now for the bill, so it truly is dead in the water. Is that what you'd think too as well? No, well, it is, no question, and hate to say it, even go back further in the original version of the bill, or at least even the perceived version of how the bill would be. There were some Christians, including myself, wondering, you know, is this uh, is this all that great of a bill? Is this all going to be the help and the panacea that it's promising to be? But certainly, after uh, what happened on Thursday, the five... Uh, Libs who uh, crossed over, joined labor to uh, bring about the Religious Discrimination Act changes, uh, especially the exemption for religious schools when it comes to all this. That sealed the fate of the bill. Uh, I mean, even non-Christians, non-religious people like Mark Latham, he was warning what would happen if these sort of uh, bad amendments watered it down. You know, he gave the point, which many of us have given, 14-year-old boy enrolls in the Christian school. One day he announces, oh, by the way, I'm a girl, or I identify as female. I want to use the girls' locker room, toilets, change room, and so on. Uh, and of course, if the school says no, well, if this bill, as it had uh, become this week, had been passed, well, they would have been dragged off to the Human Rights Commission, the school would have been sued, the whole world would have, you know, dumped on the school for being bigoted and prejudiced, so for good reason. Uh, all Christians who were at all cluey said, no, we cannot go ahead with the bill as it is, and uh, so, yeah, dead in the water would be the term. Not everyone has thought that the bill is a good idea, and mm. uh, now a bill that would have done more harm than good is what you might hear if you're looking at some of the Christian commentary. There is a thought that uh, these things we could take for granted, that we do have freedom to be who we are, and the idea of codifying rights, uh, mm. giving more power to, uh, say, judges or lawyers or even the opponents of Christianity. So codifying rights actually makes ammunition for weapons. Uh, any thoughts here? 
Yeah, well, that's the real kind of, uh, you know, the scary area where we're at. Uh, I mean, many say we need legislation like this and related to it, as you referred, uh, something like a Bill of Rights. Many say Australia needs a Bill of Rights. Now, I'm an American, obviously. America has this great Bill of Rights. Uh, so you can say, oh, why not for Australia? So uh, a big discussion there. I've written often about things like a Bill of Rights and uh, more particularly, as we say, this sort of legislation. Isn't it a good thing? Isn't it what we need? Well, the American situation is different. Um, we won't go there for the moment. But as you say, what a lot of us have feared, and you know, I'm not a legal expert, but certainly people like Augusto Zimmerman, who is, and you've featured him often, uh, many of us have warned against things like a Bill of Rights simply because instead of letting rights be in what uh, common law or the the subject of the people, it really becomes something where, well, sadly, judges and lawyers end up determining. Uh, we know there is such a thing as judicial activism, both here and overseas, where judges, instead of just interpreting the law, end up making the law, uh, going against their brief. And uh, the worry is when you codify things like rights, basic human rights, and really leave it to the whim of judges, often activist judges or lawyers who are happy to make more money in these kind of hot potato cases, uh, we're really stepping into kind of dangerous ground. So perhaps better to leave some of these things out of that arena to begin with. Now, that's another whole debate, and you've probably had debates in the past on this when the Bill of Rights was raised, but that's one of the concerns. Should we just kind of leave things as they are? Um, in fact, the big picture here is we recall the whole reason this kind of bill was mooted in the first place, right, came about when same-sex marriage was legalized. That time, both parties said, okay, yeah, you're, you don't have to worry, Christians, you'll be safe, there'll be religious freedom, we can we can bring a, a religious freedom bill to, to reassure you folks. So that's where this whole idea came. ScoMo made it part of his election promises. Uh, sadly, everybody's at fault here. He waited until this week, I mean, the very end of his term, effectively, to bring it about, which was, you know, if he was so keen to see it passed, it should have been raised a long time ago. So now it is dead. Uh, if Labor gets in come May at the federal election, it'll not be resurrected then. And even if the Libs do manage to get back in, one wonders if it'll be any kind of priority. So yeah, all in all, it's been an interesting discussion. But the bigger issues behind it, the bigger ideas, they still need to be debated. Always good to keep that context of going back to the marriage debate and uh, the change of the definition of marriage because I'm sure there are a lot of people watching these reports on the TV thinking it's just some sort of uh, new new development but uh, mm. this went mm. down to the Prime Minister of the time promising that there would be protections for people who have a religious faith now of course what's happened since then as you rightly say uh, there's been dozens of cases when the opponents of Christianity have used the laws that changed then to be weapons to be used against the church. So this thought that there needs to be some protections comes not because it's just a nice thought, but because 
in a practical and uh, pragmatic way, somehow or other, you've got to address the fact that the church has been under attack from, and let's just uh, name it, LGBT uh, lobbyists who feel it is their right and their duty to attack the Christian church. Uh, this is the thing that somehow or other needs to be defended, Bill. Yeah, well, it does, Neil, and sadly, much of this is now after the fact. (laughs) Much of the church has been asleep, as we've said so often and for so long. Uh, Interesting, I was with a meeting of some 30 uh, Christian leaders, activists, cultural warriors just a few days ago, and sitting with a gal uh, from rural Victoria who, for the last two years, has been involved with the Australian Association of Christian Schools. So I told her it's great to see new faces, you know, some of us old guys who we've been around fighting the good fight. I told her, you know, I've been here since 89, so 33 years I've been fighting these things. And as I mentioned to her, uh, back then, three decades ago, I and a few others were warning about these very things. We said, look, this is all coming uh, as we grant more and more special rights to homosexuals and cave in to their demands and eventually get marriage. Uh, Christianity especially is going to be under attack big time. And yet, sadly, uh, most of our warnings fell on deaf ears. I mean, I was religiously reading the homosexual press. I was reading the books by the homosexual activists 30, 40 years ago, and they've been written 30, 40, 50 years ago, laying out exactly their strategy, what they were going to do to win. So I was reading what they were saying. I was sounding the alarm, but sadly, most of the church, most Christian schools, most Christians... Uh, you know, I thought I was kind of a raving madman, I guess, maybe like kind of most Israelites looked at Jeremiah, you know, enough yeah. of your ravings. So I told this gal, I mean, I'm really glad you're on the scene, but big part of our problem is we, you know, we should have been proactive here 30 years ago. We should have been preparing for this and working on this back then. Now it's, you know, Pandora's box is open, trying to put things back the way they were. That's a very tough uh, ask indeed, but well, well, we'll keep fighting, obviously, any way we can. But I guess one of the big lessons that we should learn here is when Christians kind of sleep through the very threats to their existence, uh, well, it's, you know, the other side seems to never sleep. They're always active. They're always involved. They're evangelistic in their aims, in their mission, while we tend to just relax and take it easy. So that's one big takeaway from all this. Let's talk then about what happens now and uh, the Christian attitude to what we've seen in our parliament yesterday and the day before. Uh, The religious discrimination bill, dead in the water, and Mm -hmm. now likely to become an election issue. So you've got uh, Labour and uh, everybody on uh, the left side of the parliament as well as those who are on the right, on the conservative side of the parliament, everybody will be able to say, but we passed a religious discrimination bill in the lower house. Mm. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts as to uh, which side is going to be uh, attractive uh, to the Christian voter, uh, to the Christian activist, uh, how you might approach these things moving forward. Any thoughts here? Well, again, that's tough as well. Uh, As we said, uh, ScoMo made the promise 2019, even before in the pre-election campaigning, 
uh, basically did nothing for some reason, sadly, and it's almost become a presidential-type situation when Morrison doesn't take the lead, kind of nothing much happens, so people wait for him to do something. He waited far too long for whatever reason. So, yeah, there's a lot of disillusioned uh, Christians. Uh, in fact, disillusioned uh, Christian MPs, federal MPs in the Labor Party. I've heard some of them last few days on the media. They're quite disappointed in how this has all turned out. Sure, we can blame Labor and the Greens, the media, and they do deserve a good hunk of the blame, but, well, you know, the liberals are not uh, getting away scot-free on all this. Certainly not the five so-called moderates who uh, sided with labor, and that's, wow, that's another big issue. As the Liberal Party becomes more and more indistinguishable from labor on so many fronts, you know, when you try to be a big tent, as many have talked about, and bring in all kinds of people into the party, well, guess what happens? As always, it's usually the left that tends to dominate. The whole process shifts to the left. So even if you talk about center-right, well, guess what? Over time, you're really center-left. Uh, and both of the main parties end up being kind of parties on the left. And so that leaves the Christian out there scratching his head saying, okay, uh, election coming up. Who do I vote for? Uh, I guess the interesting thing is a lot of... Uh, uh, polls are telling us that maybe as much as 30% of the electorate are now thinking about smaller parties, independents, and so on, because they're really getting quite tired of the two-party system and not seeing a whole lot of difference between the two of them. Interestingly, that typically on the left has been this attack against uh, Christians having freedoms. That's where the movement has come from. And yet, as you say, there's now very little to distinguish the left and the right in this because after that City Point school controversy last week, mm. the Prime Minister accused yeah. of all but abandoning Christian schools' right to hire staff and, enro and yeah. enrol students uh, that, uh, you know, in alignment with their beliefs. So you've got this caving in on mm. the Conservative side, which means both sides look much the same. And both sides are not concerned about religious freedom, which means really the freedom of every Australian because uh, this religious freedom thing is such a central plank to who we are as Australians. So, yes, not much difference on either side, Bill. Well, sadly so. I mean, right, the point is Morrison makes no... Uh you know, he doesn't hide the fact that he's an evangelical Christian, has been going to an evangelical church. So if he were Joe Pagan, you know, we might expect him to side with the militants over against a Christian school, as in Brisbane. And yet, because he's a Christian, you'd expect something a little bit better. Sure, he governs for all Australians, even though still a small majority of Australians do claim to be Christian. But even so, it's been, well, for many, a, a disappointment. It's not just this case, but many others where he seems to kind of have let the Christian cause down. And bear in mind that a good 40% of all schools in Australia are either Christian or independent. So we're talking a good block. Uh, and this is where the rubber hits the road so often. That's where the militants are really targeting the Christian schools, the independent schools, forcing them to basically implement and promote their agendas. So again, we may say this bill is at the moment dead in the water. We go back to the status quo. 
Uh, but for the other side, that that's never their position. They're always pushing for more. They're always demanding more. You know, we warned, don't go with homosexual marriage. Everything will change. You know, they laughed, they mocked us and said, oh, no, no, that's all. We just want marriage equality and that's it. Of course, that's been a lie. We've seen one thing after another happening after that, uh, people being dragged to the courts left, right, and center. So they'll keep going to change not just the ethos and character of Christian schools, but the Christian churches. And again, I said I religiously studied what they've been saying for the last half century, and they've always made it clear the last bulwark of defense against their agenda is the Christian churches. If you can win over the churches by force or by deception or whatever, you've really removed the last obstacle to their getting their way completely, which is 100% acceptance, endorsement, approval, and promotion of the lifestyle, of the agenda, of the whole uh, push that they've been making now for so long, um, again, they're on a mission. We're kind of sleeping through it. They're on a mission. And if we don't have any of the main parties now standing up against this, well, where do you turn? Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I guess Christians say only Jesus saves because, boy, it doesn't look like the libs are going to save us on some of these issues. So uh, if it drives us back to our knees, back to prayer, uh, sure, we keep working on the political and social fronts, no question. But if it drives us further back to the Lord and say, look, we're going to lose this battle big time unless you somehow intervene. So for the Christian well, maybe it's a good place to be in this kind of tight spot we find ourselves in. I guess we've got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm. There's a great commission. There's a work that the church is called to. Uh, but there's also this level of activism that mm. fights for the rights of the vulnerable. And there are lots of vulnerable uh, exposures uh, in the sorts of things that we've been seeing. Uh, Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, always good to get your insights into what's happening, important issues, and so much more to talk about as these things continue to unfold before us. Let me point listeners to the latest articles that you can read that are written by Bill Muhlenberg, BillMuhlenberg.com. Or you can simply Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.